Hi, and welcome to episode 250 of No Crying in Baseball, the family show episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Deborah, our West Coast correspondent. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Patty. Hi, Potty Mouth in Absentia. <laughs> yeah, Potty Mouth uh, hightailed it to Boston yet again, not on a baseball mission, this time on a family mission. So, um, But I, I bet she's going to come up with some baseball-related things to tell us about upon her return. <laughs> I bet she is. <laughs> I bet she is. So anyway, so it's a family show because we're doing this like at the crack of dawn. Well, at least for Deborah, um, and I'm still on just regular coffee, not spiked or anything. And I think the swearing might be like t- tamped down a little bit. And I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Let's see. <laughs> I hope we didn't just turn everybody off. I hope people are like, oh, good. Now our kids can listen yeah. without without shame. <laughs> Mommy, Daddy, what are you listening to? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Oh, my God. Hey, um, ask me what's on my deck right now. Patty, what's on your deck right now? Yeah. A trash can full of OxyClean and 20 pairs of baseball pants soaking for days. Wow. That's a, yeah. a story there. <laughs> this is, this is, the, this is the, the glamorous part of being on the board of a summer collegiate baseball team, a wooden bat league. Other duties because, guess, as assigned. Other, <laughs> that's exactly it. And like, we're done. Like, you know, the, the guys finish their last game they pretty much strip off their uniforms right there into garbage bags on the field it's really kind of a <laughs> terrible ceremony and then they say great thanks hey see you and head off to their cars you know and then there's all this laundry and you know who's gonna do it but board members and so i grabbed one bag and the 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 team owner said oh yeah those are the pants those are hard i'm like wait wait no i don't want these <laughs> i don't uh, i don't want hard <laughs> So basically, you know, I've got this whole like soaking situation and Cam, I'm, you know, junior potty mouth took one look at me and said, this is like your extension of all the things you did when I was in school, right? (laughs) This is like the scout stuff, the PTA stuff. You can't let it go. You've got too many things that belong to other people that are my age at our house. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yep. So that's what's happening on, on, on my deck right now. Wow. So now you can, your business card, your titles are not going to fit on your business card. I think that's probably been true for years, but now you can add clubby to your clubby. That's right. (laughs) You know, I hear clubbies get tips, however. (laughs) We need to give you a, a, a cool name like Murph, you know? Like Murph. Yeah. Yeah, we'll work on that. I don't think Murph really applies, but I get what you're going for. So, okay, so if, if anybody has suggestions on what my clubby nickname should be, please, like, let us know. You know, that's what social media is good for. We'll talk about that more later. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, here we go. On today's show, we've got boyfriend news featuring the guys we talk about all the time. We've got Max Mud Manfred featuring another Eat the Rich rant. We've got um, the, the how did the international draft proposal work out? Not well. We've got the fantasy baseball update. And is Baltimore catching on as a thing? Huh. Huh. So, okay. So without Potty Mouth, we thought we were going to get away without talking about um, her favorite team. But I don't think that's actually going to work. But it does still allow me to talk about my favorite team. In, in the context of boyfriends, always Adley Rutschman. I'm just saying he's got the highest um, on-base percentage for catchers in July, 422. He's reached base two times in nine straight games including a horrible loss yesterday he was still on base nine straight times wow that is super impressive that is super impressive and um this leads me to two more things about the orioles because i can do that because it's our show um and one is 
Okay, so we're talking about boyfriends, right? These are the guys that we profile in the offseason, one guy per team, that we pick because they're really good at baseball, because they seem to really like playing baseball, and because they have something else going for them that we appreciate. Like, we want to have a beer with this guy and talk about this other extra stuff about them. So here's how we shop for, like, future boyfriends. We watch for things like this. Also on the Orioles, outfielder Austin Hayes just started a $20,000 scholarship for low-income Maryland high school or college students. Um, Sweet. He just just started. So it's $10,000 of his own money. There's a match from the Orioles Foundation. And he said, you know, Maryland's been really good to me and my family, so I want to give back. And so basically, you know, the the application will link to it. There's, um, you have to do an essay on what is your dream and how, what are you going to do to get there? What's your plan for achieving your dreams? And I'm also assuming how can this scholarship help you get there? And that's due on August 21st. So if you are a Maryland resident or you know some, please um, spread that around. And that's the kind of thing we look for. And good guys. I that mean, is these, really these are uh, players. That's a classic boyfriend move. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The the other thing about the Orioles right now is, you know, when the expanded playoffs became a thing with the um, with the new CBA, mm-hmm. uh, everyone's like, okay, well, why are we having more teams involved in the playoffs? Does that make it less or more, or does that dilute things? I am already watching every single day the wild card standings, because now there's one more wild card team in each division. And the Orioles all of a sudden are like two to three games out on any given day from making the freaking playoffs compared to being like last place. Yeah. Like last year. And so I'm interested at that level earlier, not like, oh, I like this team because it's my hometown team. It's, oh my God, I'm committed because something could happen here. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same here. Uh, although trending in the other direction, the Giants lost. <laughs> all seven of their la- of their road games on their road trip oh, and like no. never led at the bottom of an inning <laughs> um, like oh, never no. held the lead for an entire inning they're three games out so like even a team that is completely going off the rails is still like numerically in it and that that's really cool because like here we are a few days before the deadline and you know we don't know whether there'll be buyers or sellers or or what because you know that they don't it it's not a foregone conclusion that they have to sell because they're out of the race and I, I i like that i think more competition is good yeah i do too it's working for me and you know watching the last o's game i mean trey mancini on the o's has, has been tagged as a possible you know trade option and so he was being treated like that by the fans like every time he didn't watch. Get, you know, the fans were like yeah yeah that's right this, this might be the last time ever at camden yards right and yeah. his last hit at camden yards prior to the trade deadline was an inside the park home run so that oh, was kind of poetic awesome. and wonderful yeah but also the the, the commentators like this is not a sure thing just like you were saying it's like I, I, the, the o's are like they're in there they probably shouldn't make that kind of move they should maybe you know buy an arm but not like sell off the team whereas last year it would have been like sell everybody because there's no hope yeah yeah so that's pretty exciting i know how are things on your boyfriend end of end of the world oh you know uh well in the aggregate i've i'm i've climbed up a little in the standing so that's good um i think some of my bigger bats were were having um were having issues. They had gone to sleep a little bit, Guerrero and Otani, but now they, they've heated up a little more. Like one big disappointment is Kike Hernandez. I got him in a trade from, uh, and I love Kike Hernandez. I even secretly liked him while he was on the hated Dodgers. 
Um, <laughs> those fucking Dodgers. Sorry, I mispronounced yep, their name. <laughs> those fucking there Dodgers. There we go. There goes the family show. It didn't take long. Five minutes in. And there we are. Up to speed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and we're only drinking coffee, my friends. So, uh, you know, I always thought Kike was really cool. Uh, I love that he wears those high socks. Uh, you know, I just thought, and then he did so great in the playoffs uh, a couple years ago. And uh, but this year, and I picked him up in a trade from, uh, and I, I I would say I'm protecting the innocent, but um, I actually just don't remember which other team I picked him up from. But uh, he's been on the IL, like, ever since. Like, hip issues, this, that, COVID-19, I think, twice. Um, I don't know if he's vaxxed. I think he is vaxxed. But um, anyway, he's just been a huge disappointment, and I'm, I'm getting close to dropping him. But it, it's just you and me talking right now, right? Like, potty mouth. Right, yeah, no, no one else won't hear, hear this. this. Yeah. Okay, great. No, Good. not at all. Phew, okay. Uh, <laughs> the other, like, big disappointment, not related to the field, but I might, I might, fire this guy anyway is nolan fucking arenado is unvaxxed what is it with you nolan um, come on i am like surprised all the time about like all these people that are turning up like i thought you were smarter than this yeah. why did i think that i'm I starting know. to wish that i like, like you no so one... i assume the best yeah i'm starting to wish that like no one would play the blue jays so that i don't find out that my boyfriends <laughs> are unvaxxed <laughs> right right yeah, oh sucks. my god it sucks Anyway, so uh, I benched him while they were in Toronto and then just kind of left him on the bench in a fit of peak. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> ultimately, I've got my standings to worry about, so. <laughs> That's right. You could be a little bit ruthless, yeah, for gosh yeah. sakes. But other boyfriend news, well, just new boyfriend news, uh, based on uh, hearing your podcast a couple weeks ago, I picked up Matt Carpenter. I've only used, like, four of my ads for this season, mm -hmm. so... Um, I, and I had two positions because I've dropped other guys. So I decided to, I decided to go bat shopping yesterday, and I I picked up Matt Carpenter and uh, oh, who's the other person I picked up? Oh, uh, Kettle Marte. So oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. He's a division rival of the Giants, but I've always kind of liked, I've always liked him. So and I noticed he was uh, Potty Mouth's boyfriend a couple years back. So yep, yep. Good stock. So. Pre-screened. Pre-screened Pre yeah. 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 I'm going to have to go shopping now to see if any of my boyfriends that I did not put on my team are still available and weren't picked up by other people because I'm starting to um, run out of backup. Um, I've got a lot of guys on the IL and a couple guys are no longer available, which means sent down. I'm thinking, okay, now I've got empty spots, so I have to actually shop my list and see, did this guy, did this guy get picked up? Did this guy get picked up? Like most recently, Adam Duvall of the Hammers uh -huh. just had what may be a season ending injury. Oh, and I'm like, shit. oh no, you were such a nice strong bat for me and now you're not gone. And I'm, I'm looking at my list like, oh, I have nobody to replace him with because everybody's else is on oh, the IL that, that was supposed to be my bench. That I really know. sucks. Man, oh, just my God. shout out to potty mouth in absentia sorry about the giants pitching actually it's not even the giants pitching sorry about the giants because uh oh. even though i mean rodon has been nails and logan webb has been nails but uh they just their defense is so bad that they just don't pick up w's and they end up with like you know all the the, the stats just don't tell the whole story so uh i feel bad for her 
I was reading an article in The Defector about the Giants, and they talked about, like, the three true outcomes for mediocrity. And it was, like, bad offense and bad defense and just dull. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not how the Giants are supposed to be. My favorite <laughs> Giants writer a couple weeks ago wrote, he wrote an article called, The Giants are playing extremely dull baseball right now. And then the very <laughs> next night, he wrote, uh, or the very next night, they lost, like, huge. And uh-huh. he wrote, The Giants are playing extremely lousy baseball right now. Like, it was exactly the same headline, but with lousy <laughs> instead of dull. <laughs> I think the most exciting things that's happened is probably like a David Ross, you know, flipping off Jack Peterson. The double birds. <laughs> the double birds. Which yeah, I read Jack about that. Him. And he said like, oh, it was just greeting a friend. And I was like, that's not how I greet my friends, but okay. <laughs> you do you, babe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not actually friends with David Ross, although I probably would like to be. So I don't know. Maybe that's just how he says hello. But <laughs> But there we go. Tell me of your ways, baseball man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't understand how these things work at all. So the trade deadline is coming up on Tuesday night, which is the day this episode drops. So I don't actually feel bad about, you know, not having the final scoops because, you know, the very like the biggest things are probably going to happen minutes before the deadline. But um, two things I wanted to mention was along the lines of the whole vaccine conversation we were just having uh, when um, Ben Attendee just got traded from the Royals to the Yankees. He was one of the people who couldn't go to, I mean, there were so many people on the Royals that couldn't go to Toronto uh. to play. And he was one of them. We're like, oh my God, he's never going to get traded to um, an AL East team because they, why would they pick somebody that they couldn't play against one of their division Narrator. rivals? He and- totally got <laughs> traded to an AL East team. <laughs> sure enough. So the Yankees pick him up and he's like, Maybe I'll get vaccinated. And this is just like what Merrifield that we talked about, you know, when this first came up saying, yeah, if we were a contender, maybe I'd consider it. I'm like, oh, man. Like, that's oh, the reason man. you do that? Come on. How about safety or health or? <laughs> right. Yeah. So you weren't really that committed to not being vaccinated then. Yeah. I mean, you're just being annoying, uh, just being stubborn. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So the, the big the big trade so far has been um, Castillo going from the Reds to the Mariners. They picked up a prime ace arm right there. But if you remember, they also picked up my former Reds boyfriends, both Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez, oh, um, wow. coming into this season. And so now like they're like just adopting all of <laughs> the Cincinnati Reds. And Jesse Winker said, yeah, we're the Seattle Redlegs now. So- <laughs> <laughs> the Seattle Redlegs. That's awesome. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. So there's going to be a lot more excitement in the trade world and we're all going to find out about it at the same time after we're done recording so there you have it so next week we'll we'll get you all caught up on how we feel about all the things that happened in the meantime in the meantime i'm going to eat the rich all over again so we (laughs) talked about how the senate judiciary committee had written to advocates for minor leaguers about how does the antitrust exemption affect conditions and pay for minor league players they also said, okay, Major League Baseball, we need your response as well. And of course, um, Rob Manfred needed a little extra time. So they gave him a little extra time (laughs) to compose his 17-page letter. When previously he said, oh, it doesn't really affect anything at all except for maybe, you know, where franchises are. Well, now he's come up with 17 pages of how it's this, this antitrust exemption is necessary for the health of the minor leagues. He has said, and I quote, 
that the antitrust exemption has meaningfully improved the lives of minor league players. The what now? Does he not talk to the <laughs> lives of minor league players that, that who apparently he never talks to or reads about oh. or pays attention to from his $17.5 million salary cloud in the sky or wherever he lives. He says that this exemption helps bring baseball to communities that otherwise couldn't afford it. Yet Major League Baseball just removed 40 teams last year. Yeah. They they chose. I mean, this is a choice. Yeah. So minor leagues belong to the major leagues now. This is their development program. So the major leagues should be investing in this because this makes their product at the, the major league level better. And they're treating it like this group of teams that we're doing a favor to, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, no. that, he said that without the exemption, there would be fewer teams. Without MLB's subsidy, it would be too expensive. I'm like, okay, well, that's a choice. That's yeah, a choice exactly. right there. Too, too, too expensive. Too expensive for what? To like, you know, keep these guys healthy and train them well so they play well for you. He says most of them, yeah, they're like seasonal employees. They're free to get a second job, you know, in the off season. They, this doesn't have to be the only money that they make. Except that they they're can't. contractually forbidden from getting a second job. <laughs> right. Like, like they could drive, like they could do pizza delivery or drive yes. an Uber or something, a DoorDash, but they can't do another baseball job unless right. the... The, their major league owners, you know, say sure you can go play winter ball or something, but they don't get to they don't get to look for better paying baseball jobs. Um, <laughs> Manfred says, "quote It may not be possible for the league to enforce, establish, and maintain better working conditions for minor leaguers if the antitrust exemption went away." I'm sorry, they can still provide health insurance, they can still provide housing. This is not saying they can't do that. And am I wrong here? And because I'm not as well versed as you, so I have a question. Uh, so, like, the Giants just built a huge minor league facility. Uh, it's actually really beautiful. They invested, I don't know, a lot of money in it, like a couple hundred million dollars, I, I feel like it was. I mean, it's a mm -hmm. huge complex with multiple fields and training rooms and and an air-conditioned indoor field because it's in Arizona and all this stuff. Wow. So, MLB didn't pay for that. The Giants paid for that. And um, I feel like that makes that probably makes the Giants more attractive uh, to, you know, a minor league prospect or like they feel like they're better taken care of. If this was removed, wouldn't it be a situation where like teams would have to do stuff like that to sign players or or like does that is that a, does that affect it or am I just kind of is that not so here's here's the the situation like like players right now are drafted by a team they don't necessarily choose the team i mean they could turn down they could not sign if they're drafted but it's not like these guys who are coming out of high school or are juniors in college are evaluating competing offers i see they're not yeah. free agents right so okay. they go with so i think manfred's point is that the teams wouldn't do that like they wouldn't have like they wouldn't take care of them if they didn't have to because of this uniform player contract but the uniform player contract is crap like that yeah. could be better i mean it should be seen as a basement not a ceiling yeah right yeah. you have to that at least do sense. things but please do better like the Giants are investing in their development program. That's yeah. great. More teams should be doing that kind of thing. And the uniform player contract is seen as, here's the most you need to do instead of the least you need to do. Um, so Manfred says they're already spending a billion dollars on the minor leagues, right? They operate the minor leagues at a loss to Major League Baseball. Again, mm -hmm. aren't you the same? 
aren't they part of you now? I mean, yeah. you control them. Why are you seeing this as a lost thing? These are the guys that you're developing to make your product uh, better. The combined net work of Major League Baseball owners is $96.55 billion freaking dollars. It's just utter bullshit. Utter business owner bullshit. This is like when they say that the people who do tech support are like a cost center. You know, like, it's just so, like, come on, those are your people. They're helping you succeed. Like, they're not costing right. you money. They are helping you profit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're helping you do what you do better because Eat they're the fixing rich, your problems. Patty. Eat, the, Eat rich. the rich, Deborah. Eat the rich. Oh, my God. And then, and then, okay, so this uniform player contract it puts players under team control for up to seven years in the minors and up to seven years in the majors. They cannot seek higher paying baseball gigs during that time. They are not free agents. They are controlled by those teams. So they get paid what that team pay. I mean, you can do like arbitration right. and, you know, try to negotiate a little bit more, but if you lose, you lose. Mm -hmm. And there it is. You're still going to get paid what, you know, someone else yeah. decides, not what you're fighting for necessarily. And then, and then this is my favorite part because I don't think, Rob Manfred understands the words that he was using. He was, you know, it is true that most minor league players don't make it to the bigs. That is a given. Right. So he was comparing these guys that are putting a couple years in trying to get to their baseball dream. He's comparing them to actors and artists and musicians who put in a couple years trying to make their dream and then, you know, get a real job, I think is what he wanted to say after That's that. pretty much what he said. <laughs> and, okay, so, okay, so there's, I'm going to pick one thing you, you, and I know you've got things for this too. It's like, it's a gig economy for actors, musicians. Like they don't get hired by a, an, a company right. to, you know, they're not, they don't sign a contract for like the foreseeable future to perform their job. They get hired to do this concert or that play or do this thing. It's the apples and oranges. They're different economies. They aren't like with. locked into like, major league acting or something right. that's right i'm singing manfred's song this time <laughs> yeah yeah and also that isn't the way that should work anyway but that's a whole other podcast like like it shouldn't you shouldn't have to like give up your dreams and get some corporate job in this you know there there should be a way whether it's uh you know, um, I'm forgetting the word, uh, not internships, but, uh, like when like someone apprenticeships, apprenticeships, exactly. Like mm -hmm. an apprentice. And, I and... feel right at home. I do this with potty mouth all the time. <laughs> What's the word? I'm thinking of this word. Yeah. Okay. Go <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. So apprenticeships. Yeah. Yeah. Like an apprentice system and, you know, um, the way, and actually in, in sort of like background, uh, like in the trades that are related to theater, they do have this, like you can get a job as an apprentice, um, you know, set builder or like, and in movies too, they have this, like you, you start out with, but they're good paying jobs and they, you can support yourself on them, but they're, they're not like, you're, you're not like at the top of your field because you're not at the top of your field. Um, and then you move on to higher paying, higher prestige positions. Um, and that's all, that's how that works in, in theater trade. Um, and, and it should work that way with mu music and, and theater too. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be like this, this, uh, dog eat dog thing. And so like what he's comparing it to is also a broken system. So Manfred, you're wrong in two ways, at least, at least or maybe 17 <laughs> least. ways. <laughs> Maybe 17.5 million ways, but we don't have all day. So, 
Yeah, it's it's just a mess. And I thankfully, um, Senator Durbin said that this 17 page letter raised way more questions than it answered. So he's Thank not you, fooling. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not fooling this committee in any way. And Durbin says they are planning an upcoming hearing to talk about this. So this is going to move forward. There's not a timetable that's been announced yet, but they're not just like, you know, it's not just a thing about correspondence. They're actually going to hopefully, you know, air this out a little bit and take some action on it. Because, you know, well, again, so the, the, those trades, okay, there's guilds and unions involved, I'm guessing, in what you were discussing, and the minor leagues aren't represented by a union, which is part of the problem. Yeah. So some, so the, the major, the, the MLBPA, the, the Major League Players Union, has some effect on some parts of the minor league world, like um, control, the, the draft a little bit and those things, but they're not speaking for the players. Yeah. And they, they, they like things to be better for the players, but that's they it's not their place. That's not their thing. So the players just need a union. I just turned into Norma Ray. Okay. Organize. Stop. Organize. Agitate. Educate. Organize. I feel better already. I like it here. <laughs> I like it here. Oh my god! All right, eat the rich. I'm done. I'm eat gonna drink rich. some more coffee. <laughs> what do you got? Tell me about Max. All right. Well, I mean, this isn't as weighty a question as, uh, as thank God, as you know, labor and baseball. But I read a piece in the Athletic this week about uh, Max Scherzer and Pitchcom, and let me say, I I I think Pitchcom is funny and weird, and there's lots of reasons not to like it, but. Uh, Max Scherzer basically said, like, he doesn't think, he thinks pitchcom should be illegal because stealing signs is part of the game. And I'm like, come on, dude. What? Like, <laughs> your, your old man is showing. Like, it's just, that's that whole, like, old school, like, what are you going <laughs> to, next are you going to say that you want to hit people? The You know, like, and I don't think that Max belongs to that camp, just, you know like to be fair I think it's interesting he's 38 years old so I think he's just right straddling that line where you know there's people like like um, Will Clark is on the radio a lot out here because he's basically like royalty out here and um, (laughs) and he when the whole thing about you know you know the discussion that always happens about hitting batters um, Mm -hmm. he's he basically is like, yeah, that's how it should be. That's how it was. You know? And like, he's a batter. And I'm like, dude, just sit down. <laughs> make some room. Make some room now. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Max Scherzer is not that bad. But like, yeah. like, come on, stealing signs is part of the game. Like, no, stealing signs is not part of the game. It's like cheating is not part of the game. <laughs> like, And I think, you know, yeah. where I think it comes from, just to give him a little slack, is that He's worked really hard to develop really complex signs with his catchers. And mm-hmm. he, like, he prides himself, like, he considers it part of his skill set that his signs don't get stolen. So, like, it's sort of like taking away part of what makes him such a special pitcher. But, but like, yeah. it's, you know this is the problem with like anybody who gets along in their career is like it's better now you don't need the skill that you worked so hard to develop mourn and get over it <laughs> like right it's like 
But but I but I put years of work into this, and I want to be rewarded for it. I want to yeah. reap the benefit of having put in all this work, and now anybody can do it. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it's so yeah. It was not a good look for him, and I love Max Scherzer. I'm a huge Max yeah. Scherzer fan. Well, and I would never say this to his face because I'm scared to death of him as well as loving him. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of crazy. <laughs> he's he's yeah. He's he's got. I I think that's part of his charm. Yeah. You know, like batters look at him and say, "Oh, anything could happen." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anything, don't piss him off. Anything could happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. So can I just say, I, I've, I have enjoyed all the crazy things that have happened with Pitchcom. Like, you know, uh, pitchers taking off their hats and holding them to their ears like it's a telephone. Yeah. And they say, wait, hello, I can't hello, hello, hello. hello. Are you, are, <laughs> can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Um, I do think the game is faster, mm-hmm. minusculely, but a little bit faster with Pitchcom. Yeah. But I was, I, you know, I am the old person who shakes her fist at the television. Um, the, I was watching a game and they were discussing pitch count. The, 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 the play by play and the color guy were discussing pitch count. I'm like, I wonder if you can change the voices. And I'm like, yes, yes, you can. You yeah. can have anybody. And I'm like, oh, they can't hear you. Just chill. They'll figure it. Someone will tell them. The, an intern will talk into their head and explain that they can do that. Do we need to get you a TV brick? You know, I used to have one when I was a kid. But when I, when I was growing up in Cleveland and the, the football team was good, um, they were the cardiac kids for a while, and it was always like very frustrating. And so I, we did, in fact, at my house have foam bricks to throw at the television. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now I am more apt to like, you know, try to not flip the laptop off of my lap <laughs> while I'm watching a game. Is the situation? Oh my god! Oh Snap my god. it shut with authority. <laughs> That's right. That'll show them. <laughs> That'll show those people who's boss. Oh my God! Tell me about mud, Deborah. Yeah. So <laughs> speaking of this. speaking of weird old traditions in baseball, uh, there was a, an article in the New York Times this week, and it's like they heard me wondering about mud, and mm-hmm. they said, "Let's write this for Deborah." And it was an article <laughs> about where the mud comes from that they rub on baseballs. And I, if you if you didn't hear the amazing episode with uh, Meredith a few a couple months ago. Um, you might not know that baseballs, when they come from the factory, are like too shiny to um, to grip, or or you know they're just hard to uh, apparently uh, hard to like handle and control and everything. And so back in the 1910s or something, um, a coach with a funny name and I can't Lena something, um, which is a woman's name, but it was a nickname for a guy. Um, he noticed that this was the case and he experimented with mud. He was a Philadelphia A's coach. And so he, he experimented with mud from a couple different places, found some Delaware river mud in New Jersey at a secret location. And it was the right combination of making the baseball like a little bit more tacky or a little bit more able to be gripped, but not making it too dirty looking. So that would still had that kind of like white look. And um, ever since then, for the last like almost hundred years, I get oh this was in the 1930s actually. So in the, for the last almost hundred years, every year, this one guy goes to this place, and you know now it's his grandson goes to this undisclosed <laughs> place on the Delaware River and harvests mud in buckets and like keeps them at his house. <laughs> and it's, this is like so uniquely baseball and so weird. <laughs> Like we are steeped in tradition. Oh, are or we steeped something. In mud? We're steeped in something. I'm not sure what. 
So this guy drives, and he, he, and I, something I didn't know, I mean, I knew some of this about the mud, but I did not know that the guy, the, the, or now the descendant of the guy, lives like three miles from where I grew up. And I'm like, wow, the mud man was my neighbor. <laughs> Wait a minute, that is not a secret location. You've pinpointed No, that's it. where he lives. He drives into, uh... he drives like 60 miles away to get the mud. Apparently so the drive drawn. takes the drive takes longer than the harvesting and they get like, you know, a truckload of buckets of mud every year and then they age it, they age it and add a proprietary ingredient. Who knows what that is? They do it like in oak barrels and stuff? Uh I believe it's paint buckets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um and then so so the, the, I think the reason they wanted to do this piece in the Times is that, that, as you know from talking to Meredith, there's just so much controversy about the balls this year and la- in the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, this wasn't said in the article explicitly, but I think it's probably because the outputs are becoming so, like, scientifically analyzed, like launch angle and drag and you know, and, and people's contracts are depending on this and, you know, teams records are depending on this, and, but more mm-hmm. importantly, guys contracts, I think, or not, not more importantly, but like, it's a more direct effect. Like, like guys are being coached to have different launch angles. Guys are being coached on how to hit the ball in their spray charts. And so everything is becoming very scientific but yet the inputs, the baseballs and the, the you know, the, the baseballs are are like not scientific. It's like these hand-stitched snowflakes that come from one factory in Costa Rica, I learned in this article. And, the, you know, they're rubbed up with mud. And so MLB is trying to like scienceify this very uns- unscientific Ooh. process. Scienceify. 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 I'm like making that. up words now. <laughs> Welcome. Um, to, so that's how we know you're part of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So like they, I don't know if you all knew this, but they recently issued a video about how to rub up a baseball properly, like, oh, like, no. like to try and standardize the 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 mud application. <laughs> so. so, one of the jobs of interns with the summer collegiate league that I'm that I'm a part of is to rub up the the game balls before the game starts and um I now know the secret location from which the the dirt comes that they use I'm gonna tell you (laughs) it's the softball field they get dirt from the softball field don't worry it's just us talking (laughs) nobody else will know no no one knows I wasn't even so like wait this doesn't come from the Delaware River oh my god (laughs) I can't work like this But I, I got to say, the softball dirt and the baseball dirt still take a old trash can and days of soaking and OxyClean on my deck, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh my God. so that was probably more about mud than anybody wanted to know. But boy, is that weird about baseball. Baseball's weird. It sure is. <laughs> it sure is. Oh, my God. Um, it's also political. Look at look at me with the segues. Um, so... <laughs> The thing that was left hanging from the CBA negotiations was what to do about international signings. And they agreed when when both sides agreed to the the collective bargaining agreement, we're going to let this go, this idea of an international draft go, you know, into July. And we'll have a deadline on July 25th, I think it was, to come up with a proposal for how to handle the international draft. Well, the players union turned down MLB's proposal last week, so everything is going to stay as it is for now. Um 
So Major League Baseball suggested $191 million guaranteed bonuses for draftees from this international mm. draft that they were proposing. And the union said, mm, $260 million, which seems about right. It's like, you know, whatever they say, it's going to be higher because they have competing interests, right? Um, the union wants to make sure guys get paid what they're, what they're worth, and MLB wants to maximize profits. Um, so interestingly, international players are really split on how they feel about the draft. So these are the guys that have been signed as free agents, often as – 16 year olds mm-hmm. um mainly this affects signings from from latin america mm-hmm. it seems and some of these players said it will it would limit the choice as to what team and what individuals bring these kids into the country because that's a big decision you're a 16 year old kid and you have grown up in the dominican republic or cuba or wherever you are and you are going to go to the united states for the very first time and you may or may not know the language. You don't know anybody except for, you know, the couple of people you've been working with. And so you want a say in this decision. When you have a draft, that gets taken away from you. Just like we were talking about before yeah, with, yeah. With, with the minor league draft, you don't have a lot of choice into right. who picks you. So a lot of international players are like, mm, that's not good. But there's also a lot of corruption, a lot of skimming. Um, you know, you get these trainers who yeah. find these guys as 12-year-olds and kind of like, you know – squirrel them away in an academy and say okay only this team is going to be able to look at you yeah yeah and i'm going to make millions of dollars off of this which is not great so that's kind of a problem and so some of these international players like okay that needs to get fixed yeah yeah. so the union said you know a draft isn't the only way to fight this corruption so right now we're just talking about the draft but if that you know they didn't agree on that but we should still talk about what else we can do to -hmm. make sure these kids aren't getting cheated and this kind of you know skimming and all that doesn't happen yeah yeah the thing I didn't know was that this conversation was actually tied to qualifying offers for free agents oh, right, in the major right, leagues. Oh, right, because they lose a draft pick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if a team if, – if somebody's approaching is, is going to be a free agent, a team can offer them a qualifying offer, which is a, a, a number, a salary set by Major League Baseball. There's some – um, some algorithm to figure out what that is for a one-year contract. And that new free agent can decide whether they're going to accept that qualifying offer or go all the way into free agency. If another team signs them, the team that signs them loses a draft pick. The team that they were part of that offered them this qualifying offer um, gains a draft pick. Uh-huh. And players have said, you know, that really limits the interest in free agents because right. a lot of teams don't want to lose that that draft pick they want to be able to compete for these you know for these players without right. losing a draft pick Makes and sense. i thought that was a weird thing to attach to the international draft decision but so now that's going to continue because mm. there is no international draft and this is going to stay in place just the way it is until the current collective bargaining agreement expires in 2026 wow so it's just going to stay the same for a few more years hmm. it's just going to stay yeah it is and um you know hopefully they will look at the corruption side of things and say okay we don't have to this isn't the only way we can solve this problem, let's, you know, protect these kids, because this is often happening to 12-year-old kids. Mm -hmm. So that is my story. That is my story. Yeah, wow, these issues are so complicated. They really are. So when people say things like stick to baseball, it's like, okay, that's why we talk about labor and capitalism and Yeah, um, baseball is also a job and and involves people. (laughs) For sure. Unless the people are made up, like all of our imaginary friends in our fantasy league. (laughs) I do. Refer, I. I mean, you know, I've met a handful of these folks, but I still refer to y'all affectionately as my imaginary friends. Oh well, you need to come out here. I met some imaginary friends a few weeks ago, and it was awesome. It turns out they're so real jealous. people. Some of them even have podcasts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
Hey, Patty. Tell us about this fantasy league. Yeah. Oh, you want you want to talk about the fantasy league? Yes. All right. Well, let's. Here are the. Um, it's going great. <laughs> For uh, who? Let's see. Here are the standings. Oh, okay. Oh, there we go. Okay, I didn't. There see, they are. I didn't see the points. I I could only see the names for a minute. All right. So in first place with a commanding lead, we have Bo Nose Boyfriends with 197 points. In second place, Spicy Susie Hot Mess Express with 177. Little bit of a log jam at three and four. We have the leftovers with 154 points, and I Zombies for Adults at 150 points. Then we have Super Depressed A's Fan 143.5. One of the people I met uh, at a couple weeks ago. Really awesome folks. Uh, then we have Deborah F's team um, at 128.5. Karen... Wait, who's that? Whose team is that? Oh, I don't know. Just some chick. Yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, Karen's injured team. Aw. That's so sad. Karen, I'm sorry. 125.5. She's hanging in, though. We Karen and I keep trading places. So, um, yeah. Then we in, in, in 8 and 9, we have um, a family affair with Patty the Commish team <laughs> at 102. And the kids, which I'm pretty sure includes Junior Potty Mouth, not not Potty Mouth Junior, Junior Potty Mouth. Both, both, both actually. Both. Okay, they co-manage. Oh. Possibly in name only. Potty Mouth's Junior, or Junior's <laughs> Potty Mouth. Attorneys General, Game Seven. <laughs> game I don't seven. know. <laughs> anyway, they have a hundred points. Um, defense good, offense meh, is at ninety-five point five, and then holding us all up is Potty Mouth's Posse at 79. Oh, sigh. Sorry about the Giants, Potty Mouth. <laughs> wow. You know, I think now that you've got Matt Carpenter, I think Deborah F's team might be um, we're, heading, heading we're on the way up. That could be... I've always said that about you. <laughs> Our West Coast correspondent sure is poised. So she... <laughs> poised for what? <laughs> oh, my um, God. Hey, do you want to talk about the Rogers Center? I do. I do. Because, you know, ballparks are kind of important to like this whole idea of playing baseball. The Rogers Center, where the Blue Jays play, now that they can play there again, hooray for that. They're going to remodel um, $230 million of remodeling, including new upper deck seats. Um, they're going to raise their bullpens. Um, they're going to change their outfield wall heights, and they won't say yet what those are going to be. And they say, oh, that hasn't been determined yet, but I don't know if that's true. But now I'm kind of wondering, you know, these whole AL East situations with the new left field wall at Camden Yards, which has been referred to as the Great Wall of Baltimore and also <laughs> Baltimore for short. I'm wondering if that's like, you know, Camden Yards initially, like Orioles Park set the standard for the new ballparks. Mm -hmm. Are we setting the standards for like, you know, killing home runs in left field too? So I don't know. It could be. So We'll see what the Rogers Center does to that. They're also adding bars and patios, which I'm all for, and clubhouse renovation. Nice. But for a little perspective, in back in 1989, when they were the Sky Dome, is that right? They were the first retractable yeah. roof ballpark, and they're now the seventh oldest ballpark in the league. So wow. this is not seen as a, this is going to keep us going for the foreseeable future. This is seen as a fix it now for a while, and then we're going to see what we do. Yeah. They may they may start looking for a new thing. Like you have no experience with teams that are like you know dealing with old 
Ball no, parts, none so. at all. None at all. And I actually, uh, I did want to update on uh, that my beloved A's. Uh, Do tell. Beloved and beleaguered. Um, and it's sort yeah. of a, it's, 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 the, it's, the only, it's a kind of update that's only exciting if you're an urban planner or like a very interested fan, uh, which is Some that, of my best friends are urban planners. <laughs> which is that they're, they, um, they cleared two really important hurdles to not leaving. Um, which does not at all mean that they won't leave. Uh, and there's probably a lot of people who know a lot more about this than I do, but, um, you know, and have inside info. But the two hurdles they cleared are one that um, there was a vote and it was overwhelmingly in favor of the A's to not, to, to remove the designation of a port uh, at the site where they want to build, which I guess it's like a, basically a zoning decision that it's okay yeah. to build something that is not a port on that location um which is called the location is called howard terminal so anyway that's that's a huge thing and it was an overwhelming it was like 23 to 2 or something on the the committee that that voted so that's really great that means that they can build a stadium there the other big decision just a couple weeks ago is that the the city council voted five to two not to put this on the ballot uh in november which is a good thing for the A's because it slows down the process to have, uh, uh, you know, having people involved and citizens. That's so messy. Finding out what, what Very messy. Want. Yeah, finding <laughs> out what people Community want. Community engagement. We yes, don't want that. Yeah, no. We hate that. It's very, very, it's just really just grinds the gears of progress. So, um, <laughs> so anyway... I'm not saying that I, well, also, this has been voted on before in Oakland, so, you know, I feel like and, it's, and it's... Is the, is the this that they would be voting on, or they vote on, is like, we should explore this To get community of, input we'll... on a stadium, you know, like, okay. it's sort of like a, like a referendum thing. Um, mm -hmm. It wouldn't be binding, but it would... I, I, I don't know a gauge lot about interest, it, but right? it would gauge interest. Yeah. yeah. But like this has okay. been pending for so many years in Oakland. It's like it would basically be like a delay tactic. So, yeah. Can I ask you your, your personal viewpoint on this? Well, I love the A's and I want them to stay here. And I think that the ownership is really just like acting irresponsibly and trying to, you know, trying to make it seem like they can't stay in Oakland, but that's not true. There's the, the A's have lots of fans and, um, you know, back a few years ago, this hasn't been true. They haven't been as good the last few years, but anytime they're even within shouting distance of the playoffs, they start selling out, you know, one time they had to even open up the upper deck, the kind of seats that you only really sell at football games, um, uh -huh. you know, because they're, you know, they were in the playoffs and it was so, there was so, consistently sold out every game that they opened up the extra seats so you know i wish they would stay and i think that the owners are just kind of bullshitting yeah yeah um if they were to move would they still be a team that you root for if they're like become the vegas i mean because you have a history with them or is it i'm sorry all giants all the time screw you guys I mean, I'm more connected to a team when I can go and see them and be involved. Yeah. So for that reason, I, you know, I wouldn't like hold a grudge against them. I don't really, I'm not a football person, but I, I don't exactly hold a grudge against the Raiders. I, I still read with interest when I hear news about the Raiders. Um, and I still think they're kind of a cool, kind of a cool team. I like their like bad mm -hmm. boy image in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, um, you know, I wouldn't, obviously, if you can't pick up and go to a game, I wouldn't follow them as closely, so. 
you know. I remember um, years and years ago, decades ago, when the Browns skipped town from Cleveland and became in the, the middle Baltimore of the night. Ravens. <laughs> in the middle of the night, under cover of night, which I thought was really ironic, given the Colts had done the same thing to Baltimore. Yeah. You know, years before that, I had a friend who was not a football fan who said, "Aren't you excited? Because your Cleveland Browns are so much closer now." I'm like, "No." My heart is broken. Yeah. You know, because this was my team where it was not my team anymore. Now it's the Baltimore team. And now, you know, I root for the Ravens now, but I don't root for them because they used to be the Browns. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over. You root, for, like, you root for them because their, their their name is associated with the poetry of Edgar Allan Poe. Of Edgar Allan Poe. That's, that is exactly what. And because you can see Camden Yards from the upper decks. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. That's neither here nor there. That's that's my story. Hey, are you going to any baseball games anytime soon? Ooh, you know, with COVID and everything, I've been ju- very judicious about the games I went to. Although I had an awesome time with the Potty Mouths and several other uh, friends at an A's game, uh, and they won four to nothing. That was awesome. Magical. Yeah, <laughs> but no, no, no in-person baseball in my immediate future yeah yeah i got nothing right now i mean my closest connection is watching some some games like on tiny little screens and um poking uh, broomsticks into the trash can full of oxyclean and baseball pants <laughs> on my deck as if i'm very carefully butter. that's very <laughs> carefully that's kind of where i am right now with baseball and you know be, being grateful for the expanded playoffs <laughs> i guess <laughs> Oh, my God. All right, my friends. If you um, are not going directly to baseball games, you might want to check out some past episodes of No Crying in Baseball. Maybe check out some profiles we've done of these guys we've talked about, our boyfriends um, or our teams or um, the various stories that we have referenced. If you have friends or family that you think might like to hear us talk about baseball, please let them know. Leave us a review or rating if you like. And you can always find us on social media, you know, for your complaints, for your suggestions of what my clubby nickname should be, really anything you got, Deborah, where can people find us? You can find us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, on Facebook at No Crying in B-Ball, uh, Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball, and um, also Patreon, same, No Crying in B-Ball. Yeah, if you have a couple extra bucks, maybe you want to give up one cup of coffee a month and throw it our way on Patreon, we'd appreciate it because we know we're not trying to make money on the podcast, but we'd sure like it not to cost us anything. And thank you for those of you who already contribute. Um, So until next time, please get that second booster because, oh my gosh, that COVID thing is still around, still around. Fight the man is the right thing to do. Send your baseballs to Meredith. And oh my God, you want to be potty mouth? Say goodnight, potty mouth. Goodnight, potty mouth, wherever you are. recording already yeah just so it's i don't forget okay all right Uh, don't don't worry potty mouth cuts all this stuff out okay Uh